This is Everyday Wellness, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve your health and wellness goals and provide practical strategies that you can use in your real life. And now here are your hosts, clinical health psychologist, Dr. Kelly Donahue and nurse practitioner, Cynthia Thurlow. Hello, everyone. We are excited to have with us today, Michael Moody. He is a personal trainer, author, researcher, motivational speaker, and a lifelong student of the mind and body. His fitness and life structure programs have helped his clients lose more than 3,000 pounds and transform their lives since 2005. With over 17,500 hours of one-on-one personal training sessions, Michael has truly refined his approach to fitness. Michael, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me today. We're super excited. And I'd love to kind of dive into, you know, what prompted your desire to um, utilize the power of mindset. I know that Everyone has their own journey and their own background that kind of embraces all of that. But I I think that the one thing that has been consistent throughout my lifetime, and I'm sure Kelly's as well, is that we recognize that mindset is everything. Without a doubt, uh, especially with my role as a guide in the health and fitness world, my my book uh, reflects a little bit about my story and my process to where I'm at today and just thinking about what actually stirred this this momentum, this, this place where I'm at today. And I really think about a short story that I wrote in sixth grade. And in the story, this man is in a hotel room sitting there. And what what comes of the story is this, this wild chase of sorts. And you could just imagine a sixth grader writing this. Uh, But by the end of the story, he ends up in the same place, almost the same exact uh, scene that you might see in a movie, uh, but the world is completely different. And as as I moved on into high school and upper levels, uh, I became more and more curious about how we're shaped by our experiences and our perspectives and how maybe a situation may, may look the same from the outside. Uh, but underneath, we have this depth, this ocean of experiences and perspectives that make for a very different being, very different position in life. But really, I, I guess most uh, of where I'm at today and my interests stem from a curiosity that I can't necessarily put my finger on. I, I think it's more natural. I certainly had a grandfather uh, that that shared a a lot of the same personality traits, um, but a brother who's also very different. And I, uh, yeah, it's just one thing that I haven't quite figured out, but a sophomore basketball coach who taught a psychology class uh, opened up that door and I've been walking through it ever since. I think that oftentimes when our own personal experiences lead us to a certain place, those lessons that we learn along the way become not only powerful for us, but also we we have this desire to teach them to other people. And it, it really seems like that's what you are doing with your work and personal training and with your book as well. And one of the things that I loved in your book um, it was that you talked about Happiness as being derived at something 
is being derived by taking away things rather than adding things. In our society today, it's so easy to continue to add things to our plate, to add things to, um, that we see on social media. It's just definitely a lot of information out there. Can you tell us how you came to this place of recognizing that it can be really valuable to remove things? I think the first step is understanding the influences on our behavior. And that is the, the main purpose of the book, understanding the underlying influences uh, on the steps that uh, we want to take to pursue a professional or personal goal. And it's as you become more aware of the self and the things that drive your behavior, you begin to realize some of the positive and negative things. Like you said, it, it's, a, it's a crowded field. And often at times it's over sensory between what we see on social media, the news, magazines, newspapers, and more. So at times, what makes the most sense is to simplify and and really think about these influences on us. There are things that you might keep, maintain, and that have a positive influence, while others you feel that you need to remove. So the book doesn't necessarily push for us to remove things, it first pushes us to become more of aware, more aware of whatever impacts us and then decide from there what their role is. Personally, over the last decade, I have removed news, magazines, and newspapers from my life. Uh, a big part of it was my, my emotional connection uh, to what I've seen. And of course, now uh, we see a, a a stir in society, uh, a fire uh, that, that has led to a, a number of different behaviors and perspectives and, and perhaps a division between many people. And I saw that within myself. And there are times where we can't avoid these things because we have to be aware of them because we are impacted by these things in our environment. But I think there are times where you have to decide what that boundary line is. How much will you receive and how you will receive it? And this is across the board for me. So getting back to your question, there is a big need, especially with my personal training clients, to understand how they are impacted by everything in their life. And it seems like the natural first step for them, and I think this is their intent almost every time, is just to put in that fitness or diet plan and jump ahead and see what they want. But we know it's more complicated than that. We know some of these outside influences will create obstacles. And if we don't look at these, whatever influences are, then they're just going to continue a cycle that perhaps they've been involved in for many years. That's the perfect segue. I'd love to... <clears throat> kind of touch on um, this whole redefine approach. You're starting to kind of allude to this, but it was absolutely fascinating when I was going through your your book, you know, this redefine approach that's based on a sequence of awareness of you, as you've already alluded to, acceptance and adaptation. Can you please tell us how you came to this process? How did that actually evolve for you? If we think about the adaptive process, and our want to be efficient and effective, we can't 
disregard our starting place, our, our being, whatever might influence this process. And so naturally, the first step is to check with the foundation. If you were to sail across the world on the ocean, before you would set sail, you would want to make sure that the ship is sturdy, that there wasn't a hole in the boat. Otherwise, that could lead to trouble. But too often, we take a step without looking. It's uh, perhaps an extension of my own experiences and failures, wondering why something might work for someone else and not for myself. And without that self-examination, you may just experience a lifetime of trial and error. With my clients very early on, although I had a focus on the physical self, it was clear through these cycles, these things that I witnessed with, with different people, that there was something missing. Perhaps something that wasn't part of their family language growing up, and it certainly wasn't part of mine. Awareness, this this thought of the self, you know, the thinking about thinking, you know, understanding the, the drives behind their behavior. Because ultimately, if we want that change, if we want to be able to control some of those obstacles, you have to understand what what is this unconscious that is often pushing them away from something that they are very serious about achieving. Otherwise, they're just going to repeat the same mistake. And of course, if it's been reinforced over a lifetime, we're dealing, we're combating an energy uh, that's almost ingrained, that's been wired. So you almost can't make any change without becoming a human scientist first, observing yourself, the trends and patterns of you. And that's where the awareness comes in. The second part, acceptance. Well, we know it's not always easy to see ourselves, our true selves, maybe to realize that we do have a strong perspective on something, but not always understand what may have extended to that perspective, what may have shaped that perspective. And sometimes fears and insecurities or other things in our environment, which we could or could not control, have contributed to that, but we've never faced it. And maybe the coping behavior has been avoidance, and it served us well for a very long time. Uh, but now it, it's time to change the script. Uh, but if there isn't this acceptance of our present states, or perhaps some of these experiences, then we may still succumb to some filter or lens that up to this point has affected our ability to adapt as contributed to the cycle. For me, as I tell most of my clients and the people that I guide, the adaptive process, what we need to do is often the easiest. You know, seeing ourselves in the true form and accepting who we are and where we're at at current state tends to be the most challenging. And I'm sure you, you see this in, in your therapy sessions and uh, working with different people. Absolutely. And, you know, I just, I think this is so important. I want to go back and highlight two of the things that you were saying. And the first is with regard to acceptance. I think so many people feel that if they accept where they are, they're sort of resigning themselves to stay there. 
when in fact it's imperative to be able to accept where you are now because that that is what is and also hold this idea that change can happen so that's the first piece and then the second piece is that behavior change is often where people want to start. They want to work out with you at the gym. They want to get into doing things differently. But as you've said, without those previous steps, it's really it's really impossible to not only make, but really to sustain behavior change. And so I'm curious on a really practical level, how do you talk to your clients about this process to help them understand that if they want to get to this end where they are changing their behaviors, it really is necessary to take a deeper look at, at who they are and to accept who they are. One of the most common concerns I see in perimenopause and menopause is hair loss, hair breakage, hair shedding. And knowing that over 80 million Americans are impacted by this is both reassuring, but it's wonderful to know that there are products available that can help with these symptoms. Divi is good for those with hair shedding or thinning due to stress in perimenopause or menopause. They can be helpful for addressing dry scalp. And have you wanted to take control of your hair health but aren't sure where to start? This is where a Divi can be hugely impactful. I love their scalp serum. And we know that the scalp serum improves the appearance of breakage, nourishes our hair follicles, and removes product and oil buildup. There are some key ingredients, including tea tree oil, which works to reduce and prevent excess oil buildup on the scalp, amino acids that help to strengthen hair, fight frizz, which is my greatest concern, and reduce breakage, and copper tripeptide 1, which is a small protein composed of the three amino acids to facilitate a clean and hydrated scalp, as well as hyaluronic acid, which is nourishing and hydrating to our scalps. As I mentioned, Divi is not just for those experiencing hair loss. I found it to be hugely helpful for scalp health and all of Divi's products, including their shampoos and conditioners, come together to create a full daily solution that helps women nourish their hair and get to the root of scalp health. Do you want to take back control of your hair and scalp health and do it with clean science-backed ingredients? Go to divyofficial.com slash Cynthia or enter Cynthia at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's D-I-V-I official.com slash Cynthia for 20% off your first order. As I mentioned, my favorite product is the scalp serum. And now that we're in the deep throes of winter weather, it is so wonderfully nourishing and moisturizing. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one, interpreting your data 
and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I have used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code EWP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. The biggest challenge for me is finding the language, speaking in a way that resonates with a person. There's so many different personalities and you have a short amount of time to really build that trust. It's, it's, Unfortunately, there isn't a streamlined approach that I'm able to use with uh, every person that I meet with. It, it usually there is a a process that I use in terms of questions that uh, clients must complete before we even meet to to give me some idea about what their language is and some of their experiences. And during our, our, our first meeting, we really have to explore some of those experiences that that may have shaped them. Of course, talked about their goals, but I think people have some curiosity, and of course, that's different based on the person. And if you start to identify different thought patterns, they become a little intrigued. But I also make it a rule that if before we take a step forward, uh, we we do have to become a human scientist. We have to observe ourselves and what those trends are physically, nutritionally, emotionally, and mentally. So we want to make a change in our diet. But before that, let's look at what we tend to go towards. And I do highlight even in some of these destructive times or, or perhaps paths that are not leading them in the right direction, some of the strength and some of the reasons why they may be walking down that, that path and why it may have been a strength at one time, and it, it isn't now. So I try to pique their interest in, in the mental aspects uh, of what they're doing. And then, of course, using stories that they could connect to. And I'm sure all of us, especially in terms of dating, can connect to some of these little things where I know personally with an accent, I would have the tendency to say something sarcastic, which would usually inflame uh, the situation, so it wouldn't improve anything. So I remember a distinct time where I thought to myself, well, 
I'm going to go into this room. We're going to talk about this issue, but I'm uh, I'm going to hold my tongue. I'm not going to say anything sarcastic because in the past it would just make things worse, even if I thought I was right. And then, of course, when I would walk into the room, what happens? There goes my mouth. And I, I go on this tangent and begin saying some, something sarcastic. And again, it doesn't matter if you're wrong or right. But it's this tendency, even at times when we do want to change our behavior, we still kind of fall into these these other habits. And many of us can relate to this. You're thinking about while you're saying this thing in your mind, like, okay, just shut up. I said I wasn't going to do this, but then it just continues to spew from the mouth. Uh, but also. You know, people can relate to this, especially with, with food. If someone's trying to lose weight, and we think about the emotional connection to the food, even when they know it's not helping them with their goals uh, under a certain state, maybe when they're stressed or fatigued, they still resort to what has brought them comfort up to this point. And again, it's not always an easy conversation, and, but if we could just open up the door a little bit, and help them realize the the impact of reinforcement and our emotional connection to things. It does help them begin to believe that they can regain some of that control. And of course, if we discuss it in terms of a process and help them understand that this is not an overnight thing, uh, that helps. I don't know about you, but I like to enjoy a nice glass of wine after a long day or with friends on the weekends. But the problem that I've encountered is that many wines have chemicals like pesticides or way too much sugar, which damages your health and sleep. Cynthia and I are both big proponents of sleep, so anything that damages our sleep is a no-go. We did some research and we found a company called Dry Farm Wine. They're the only health-focused natural wine club in the world. Their wine is all natural and additive free, and it's lab tested for purity, sugar-free, and low alcohol. So you can enjoy the taste of good wines without the massive chemical or sugar intake that can cause so many issues. When you join the Dry Farm Wine Club, you can choose how often you'd like to receive wines. You can choose monthly or every other month or how many you'd like to receive. And you can choose the kind of wine you like. I prefer reds. As a special gift, if you sign up with our link, you can get a bonus bottle of pure natural wine with your first order for just one penny extra. That's right, one penny for an extra bottle of wine. Visit the link in the description to claim your bonus bottle of natural wine and join the Dry Farm Wine Club. Cheers. What a gift to your clients that you actually consider that other aspect of health and wellness. You know, the mindset piece is so absolutely critical and recognizing whether they're maladaptive or beneficial patterns can be the first step in being receptive and open-minded to perhaps engaging in a new type of nutrition or looking at physical activity as something that's beneficial and not a hassle. But I would love for you to kind of touch a little bit more on how behavior change can be really profoundly challenging. Why do you think people have difficulty sticking to changes that they make to improve their health and wellness? What do you think actually is really behind that? We, as I mentioned about reinforcement, these these little things we do day to day, we don't realize the long-term impact. People who are right-handed tend to be right, right side dominant. 
you brush your teeth with your right hand, you pick something up with your right hand. You may also have that tendency to pick something up off the floor with the right side of your body. A day pass, a month passes, a year passes. Before you know it, there's an imbalance. There's an asymmetry because of overuse. And even when you become aware of this imbalance, this dominance, we still will resort to this. It becomes our our autopilot. And that's intriguing to me, these things that become autopilot. And it, it is also a cell, right, that we could achieve change, and it doesn't have to be our constant focus for a lifetime. We will continue to have to do check-ins without a doubt, whether it's financially, nutritionally, physically, or anything else. Um, but it is possible if we wire the right habits that you can operate on autopilot and your brain and your body will work for you and it'll keep you aligned on that path of what you originally said. Um, but it comes back to reinforcing and I try to separate this process from age, which often tends to be part of the language of my clients and many people, especially when it comes to physical injury, which tends to be an obstacle for a lot of people. But if we really think about it, is it always about age? Or is it just the things that we do out of repetition? So you see a theme here that crosses many realms of life. It's this reinforcement of behavior uh, that we see in the physical side, the nutritional side, the mental side, and emotional. And if we have the ability to, to change a script or to wire new habits, behaviors, it's amazing what a new narrative we may have in life. And that's so valuable. Cynthia and I see clients who are very well educated in health and fitness and nutrition, but yet we know that that information, that knowledge doesn't always translate to action. And even when we get people on board um, making changes, people often feel that they self-sabotage, that they go back to engaging in behaviors like tending to sit on the couch more or maybe eating the foods that they know aren't good for them. And it, it really seems like what you're saying is that we, we we need to have compassion and understanding that these things are wired at a neurochemical level and that it takes, it takes time and effort to change them. Would you say that's correct? Without a doubt. And a couple things came to mind as you're saying that the first of which uh, relates back to my request uh, when you reached out about this interview. And I, I had asked that we didn't discuss anything other than fitness because too too often I find if we lead with, with an idea, and even if I know exactly what a person needs to do, like I have studied this person to be tested medically and plus board, we know exactly that doesn't mean that they're going to receive it. And even if they do consider it for a moment, they're going to take this information and see where it fits into their paradigm of life. And a lot of times they'll ask themselves, how does this fit into their social lifestyle or what they know? And then, of course, if it's truly out of bounds of what they're accustomed to, uh, they may even retreat 
faster than anything else because of the discomfort that's involved. Uh, even if, and I, I'm sure, like for instance, if I had comments about intermittent fasting, I just say, you know what, I just don't believe in it. Uh, I do understand your perspective on it. Your, your thought might be, well, I don't know how I feel about Michael and what he knows about nutrition. It may change anything else that I say beyond that comment, even if it's not related. But then if I mention something about the effect of fasting, especially for someone that's diabetic and the positive effect on glucose, you might say, well, I think that's a little... Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Armour Colostrum and the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armour's Colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And armrest colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced, and it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. At some point, we've all been sold a big, fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believed that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high-quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bi-Optimizers. Masszymes is a full-spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercial 
commercially available product with five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today risk-free. They have a 365-day full money-back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. More closer to what I believe, you may be more receptive to everything I say after that. And so it's an interesting position for me in terms of of presenting solutions for people or just serving their guide and and being very mindful of how we deliver that. Um, Because, again, it it, it is how do they receive it and what do they do with this information? Now, to your other point about uh, self-sabotaging, I don't always think it's a bad thing. if it's under my guidance, in fact, I, I prefer to put everything on the table so we could see these tendencies. And certainly, uh, it's frustrating process because usually it's like that it is taking steps back. But we self-sabotage for many reasons, sometimes protective or, like I mentioned earlier, fears, insecurities. Um, but the best thing that we could do as guides is just to to, to bring some awareness to it and, and to explore it a little more. Now, I know personally, I, I had dealt with quite a bit of anxiety over a lifetime. And what's interesting for me is that anxiety never really pushed me away from doing different things like public speaking. What I would do is just suffer while I still did some form of public speaking, which is like some type of self-regulence. It took me a long time to really understand what this, this energy was inside of me and how to truly harness that. And I I think in many ways that that is my goal with my clients to understand their energy and finding ways to harness it in a way, in a very positive way that helps them reach their goals and for me, what I realized, this anxiety was this signal, this flag, this tell that, one, I may not have enough information to continue what I'm doing, or or two, something just doesn't feel right about the situation, and it requires more research or further examination. I think for many people, and I can relate to this at different points, it has stemmed from insecurity, especially at a, at a more immature age. Uh, but you just hope, like as I do, that you just recognize these things and you, you know how to use it in a positive way instead of a self-sabotaging way. And that makes a great deal of sense. So just to kind of pivot a little bit before we end our conversation you have tips for redefining our life that are defined as develop a routine, remind yourself to enjoy each day, simplify your life. Can you please give us some examples of each of those steps? Yeah, the, the tips are really 
depending on, on the person and what they need at a given point. But generally speaking, I think if, if all of us study the trends and patterns of us, if we sit down and examine, and sometimes it requires writing these, these things down, and so you actually see across the many days or weeks and what you're doing physically, nutritionally, emotionally, mentally, then you really start to detect something here. Your narrative. The next step there is obviously a reflection. Thinking about how it is push you in certain directions, how it affects you, your environment, and the people around you. And then figure out from there what's the best way to adapt if needed. And thinking about, is this my optimal self? And that's another thing that we haven't really discussed, which is this this framing. And I often feel before we move in any direction, whether it's within awareness, that part, or the adapt, uh, adaptation part of the process, uh, be mindful of the framework, the structure of this change that we're trying to trying to make, but then also the anchor. Where is everything extending from. And it relates to what we discussed earlier in terms of awareness of the self, because it should, this anchor should extend from our needs and who we are. And then in the adaptive process, we should consider if it's a goal of losing weight, is this uh, based on pursuing your optimal self or is this some other type of goal? that's more social or superficial in some ways. And so studying the trends and patterns of you and determining the anchor, but integrating uh, awareness, uh, acceptance, and lots of reflection. Well, we love all of that. We're such huge advocates for awareness and mindfulness as um, necessities for making change. And we would love it if you could now give our listeners two very practical tips, things that they could do to have a visible impact on their health and wellness every day. I I would recommend, like I said before, uh, writing down what you're doing for a three-day span uh, to really make any type of change. Uh, that That is one tip I, I recommend to anybody. Um, I would also consider creating, uh, you know, there, there's so many different directions to go here. And I also know a, a lot of it has to do with personality. But for myself, I'm a, I like to gather information. So before I take any step, I, I and I would advocate for anyone else, try to get as much information about you as possible and put it in front of you. And so you could determine from there what's the next best step for you to move forward. Um, but in terms of something specific to, to health and fitness, I would also be mindful of the resources that you're reviewing and the information that you're receiving. If you read a, a study and it says, that if I eat ice cream every day for 30 days, then I'm going to reach my optimal self and lower my 
blood sugar levels and uh, become resistant to heart disease. I mean, all of us could, might think that seems ridiculous, uh, although I would I wish that was true. Uh, who doesn't love ice cream? Uh, but I feel too many people will will make a choice or, or accept something because it's it relates to their wants, right? So really the question that you should ask yourself are what are my blind, blind spots here? What am I not considering? Uh, maybe something is a signal. Okay, maybe there is something, maybe there is a health benefit of ice cream, uh, but to not stop there and to take that extra step well, what is this study based on? And maybe upon further exploration, you realize that this study was performed with six white males that are six foot four that live in South Dakota and on a farm. And it's a fairly small sample size. Now, it's not to say that there is no value in that study, um, but maybe we should wait before we take that as a truth. So too often, whether it's politically, uh, nutritionally, or anything on the physical side, we accept something as a fact, uh, but we rarely question where it extends from, uh, or we rarely question whether or not we accept it because of uh, how aligned it is with, with our current lifestyle. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure interviewing you this morning. Definitely. Thank you for having me on. And of course, thank you for everything that the two of you do contributing to the consciousness of the world. I appreciate it. And if people want to learn more about you or your book, can you please tell us how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I have separated myself a bit from social media to maintain my own sanity. Uh, so I would steer people to my website, michaelmoodyfitness.com, where you can read many of my articles and learn more about my book, Redefine Yourself, The Simple Guide to Happiness. Right now, I also have a podcast. So you can listen to the elements of being on any podcast platform uh, where I explore the underlying influences on behavior, uh, but also helping myself and other people understand what makes something non-negotiable. And that's a good place to start. Well, you've definitely left us with some wonderful resources. We're so very grateful for your time this morning. Excellent. And thank you. Thanks for listening to Everyday Wellness. If you loved this episode, please leave us a rating and review. Subscribe and remember, tell a friend. And if you want to connect with us online, visit the link in the show notes. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of 
all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.